So here we are in a Green Room podcast that's not in the Green Room. It's not. It's uh, it's kind of deceitful, I guess, uh, misleading the audience. But at least we're coming out at the beginning and just saying we're not what we said we were when. Yeah. At least in terms of where we were. Now, so we we're in the conference room, and the reason why we're not in the green room is a very good reason. It is a great reason. It's because this week we have what's called VBS. VBS is this wonderful acronym which stands for Vacation Bible and School. It's kind of like Holy Roman Empire. Yeah. There's like really nothing vacation. There is a lot of Bible, however, and it's not really school. But it's just basically a chance for a whole bunch of kids to come into our campus and they throw like water at each other and they learn about Jesus. And both were very powerful campaigns. Though we also have, um, yes. your mic is caved because they have, it is called Cave Quest. And you might mm-hmm. even hear in the backgrounds, you're probably going to start to hear a lot of noise. Kids. A lot of kids. We love kids. A lot of stuff going on. I mean, it is over the top, probably the coolest VBS ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, We've, we have so many kids... Uh, that showed up and way more than they thought. And the, the, here's the thing that gets me. I mean, no, I mean this with all due respect, the people who volunteer, who volunteer to work at VBS. I don't understand those people. Yeah. Like they've got a gift. Like they've got, you mean that as a compliment? No, that's what I mean. I mean like good, like it's kind of like people that do, you know, brain surgery or, you know, nurses. I, I so respect it because I don't have that gene. Yeah. I don't have it. Like I just couldn't, I would, I would rather be the guy who cleans up afterwards or something. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like I can't, I love kids. I do. I, but, but just like the amount of work and I like hanging, I like, I'm speaking to the kids tonight. I'm, yeah. I'm like the, you know, you're, you're the, you're preaching. I'm tonight. the little featured speaker yeah. for like 10 minutes of stuff to try to hold the attention of little kids. But what I'm saying is just what I see them doing. I go, I can't do, I couldn't do that. That's just, yeah. they have this amazing energy with, and the kids love them and they love doing it. So anyway, it's just, it blows me away. Yeah. I went last night. I, I did the little 10 minute thing mm-hmm. and I will just, I was blown away by the excitement, by the fun they had. I mean, it, you go in there and the place looks like a cave. You've got these, uh, volunteers with like orange tape, yes, like, like stick figures yes. and they're you got black lights on, they're glow in the dark. The kids are dancing, having fun, learning about Jesus it's insane. Uh, Paisley, my five-year-old, she she told me as she, Monday night, she goes, I've been waiting for this for so long, VBS. I'm like, yeah, a year. But, you know, she, <laughs> for her, that's a, a fifth of her life. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's, that's, a, that's a good chunk of time. That, that's a, yeah. But uh, she loves it. Um, it's just been nothing yeah. but awesome. If you haven't got to check it out, maybe you could run down tonight, check it out. No, yeah, absolutely. And it is something real. So probably you'll even be hearing... In fact, I can hear I can it now, hear thumping, like thumping, going. you know, it's like, it's like there's some dude in a like lowered car that's parked next to us. That's what it sounds like. You know what yeah. I mean? Just like that whole vibe of, of super deep bass tones that are wonderful. You know what yeah. I mean? And so you're going to hear that, maybe hear some screaming and um, hopefully nothing will come flying through the wall. Yeah. We had Crystal and Jimmy have just put together really cool stuff. They're awesome. The kids. They're awesome. So anyway, so that's why we're in here. Yep. Um, but we want to recap the series, because we just ended mm-hmm. our identity series, mm-hmm. and uh, want to get some major thoughts from you. I mean, the last two weeks, two weeks ago, we had the Father's Day message about heritage and inheritance, which yep. I thought was really awesome. Um, what were some of the key things you want to you want to pull out of that about the inheritance and all that? Well, I'll tell you like this. Um, you know, yesterday 
Uh, I just got back actually from San Diego. I, I decided kind of a little bit on a whim to grab uh, my 15-year-old son. We've been trying to do a ballpark tour uh, all around the country, and this be number 12 is the one that we went to yesterday. We drove to San Diego, went to see the Padres um, get beat by the Orioles, and uh, it's kind of fun when you don't have a dog in the fight, and the whole, the whole like the stadium's mad and stuff, and people are bummed out and leaving. Um, but anyway, it was it was actually a great game, and it was fun to watch. Beautiful park. We'd never been there before, but we've gone to we've tried to go to all the different baseball parks, and so we went to that one. Just got back like a couple hours ago, so I'm kind of like haggard looking and just coming in off that kind of long drive. But I, we were this morning we were having breakfast, and and we were talking about this, and just the whole idea um of you've mentioned this in your in the book that you got for me that you've been reading strong fathers strong daughters yes and it is absolutely so important the role of a father in the life of a child it is unmistakable and sadly and i don't mean this bad at all but sadly when you see a child that's gone awry um if you had to put money on you know is there a, is there a father actively involved in that child's life chances are there's not yeah and doesn't mean that all child all children who don't have a father involved will turn out poorly it's just that the 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 odds are so much greater and so we were you know i was even telling my son today because we were talking about his sisters and how they're growing up and and my role in their lives cuz i'm trying to train him yeah you know i'm trying to drip stuff into him i'm not telling him how i f- how I father my daughters just so he can have some, you know, cause we have nothing else to talk about because if he has daughters, he's got to learn how to do that too, because it's different. So, but you talk about heritage, that whole thing is important because how they see their father and the, the, and one of the things this book said was, was this, the, the, um, most men do not understand the power they have in yeah. the lives of their daughters. And that blew me away. Yeah, I love that book. Uh, I read it with a couple of guys from the church, and we all have young daughters. I've got a five-year-old, yep. and we were just blown away. And and the cool part is, you know, as scary as that is, and as awesome as that is, and and weighty as that is, she kind of goes, you know, what you really need to do is just show up, yeah, and be present, and that's that's like eighty percent of it. If you could just do that, you're on the right track. And it's it's hard to do that. You know, yeah. um, it, it's hard when it's so easy to just sit there and hang out and, you know, look at your phone. Or you come home from work after a long day and you're just hanging out. But to actually say, I need to go into a room. I need to ask her how she's doing. I need to see what she's looking at. Or if she comes out wearing something that's not quite right. Speak up. To, to speak up, you know. And, and, and it's hard. Here's the problem is they grow. So the shorts she was wearing two weeks ago, were, they fit fine. The next thing you know, you're like, those things are way too short. Well, she's like, well, you know, but you didn't say anything a couple weeks ago. Yeah, because you were shorter. Yeah. Like you grew, you know, you're, you know, so it's, it's stuff like that that is constant management. And by the way, you're supposed to be the bad guy. Yep. She's supposed to roll her eyes at you. She's supposed to see you as the person that's preventing her from, you know, doing what she thinks she should be yeah. able to do. You're supposed to be that guy. If you want to be her friend, like all the other yeah. dork guys that she's hanging out with, you've lost. Yeah, you, you're the only dad she gets. Yeah, yeah, and so if you don't play that role, then nobody will. I love, it's a really good book. Again, it's uh, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. If you're a dad listening, you got a daughter, you should pick it up. And I don't think it's an explicitly Christian book either, is it? Um, is it she I, ends up going down that road, okay. but I think even if you're not a Christian person and you, you pick it up, you're going to get hit 
right between the eyes with some things that you can do. It's consistent with Christianity. Yeah. Obviously. She ends up saying that you're going to need to know their, your kids are going to have questions about God. Yeah. So it's really cool. The, uh, what I found again, is very freeing because then again, it, again, you don't need to be her friend. You need to be her dad. Right. And that's really important, but it, we're in such a good season. I was thinking last night I, I taught for the VBS. Paisley was there. She's there telling all, that's my dad. He's the pastor mm. here. You know, she's mm. real excited. And you're going to hear her when you go up to speak. I'm sure talk about pastor button. That's what she calls pastor Tim. I don't know. We, it's we, a long yeah. story, Yeah, but I, I have been and always will be pastor button to Paisley to Paisley. So. Yeah, well, I brought her on the stage, and she did the Lord's Prayer at the end. It was pretty cool because oh, cool. that was part of the, the yeah. teaching. But what I'm excited about is is all these things. You know, it's I'm at this point where I'm starting to see all this stuff start to kind of sink in just a little bit. You know, she's starting to really love God. She's even evangelizing family members of ours that aren't even uh, Christians mm-hmm. because she's hearing all this because there is a new inheritance for her. Yeah. It's really cool. I love it. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Now, last week, we we hit a really tough Mm -hmm. issue. We we closed out the series, and we talked about um, kind of sexual identity and Mm -hmm. and the transgender thing and who you are. Mm -hmm. And you you brought in Genesis 1. They made them male and female. Mm -hmm. And and I think a lot of people walked out and said, man, that was really heavy. Mm -hmm. I I had a few people come up to me and say that and say, but it was really good. Yeah. Uh, what are kind of the key key things we should hit on from that? You know, I think um, when we talk about transgenderism and we talk about all the, the sexual identity stuff and how it's changing, and I mentioned how fast, and it really is like a tidal wave. I mean, not a day, almost a day goes by where you don't hear some kind of new thing. In fact, um, I just heard a story about uh, an Air Force colonel who was accused of um, committing adultery, and, and you really can't. That's, that's a very bad thing in the Air Force, especially when you do it like multiple times and there's lies yeah. and deceit and everything else. He's being prosecuted. And his defense is, hey, there isn't, there is, it's not against the law for homosexuals to commit adultery against each other. The way the law is written, it's only about heterosexuals. So he's saying it's discrimination <laughs> against him. And, and, and it's so, but, but here's what's happening. Because we've lost any reference point, you have these completely asinine things that you can say now. And you do have some grounds because you've lost everything. But I think, Gabe, the thing that I think is really important to get through is when we talk about these issues, we have become so afraid to just simply to, to, to speak, to have freedom of expression. In other words, yeah. you can't say something without first having to back up 50 feet and say, now listen, I know this is, goes against what most people say, and I know it goes against what the media says, and I'm not trying to be hateful, and I'm not trying to start a riot, and I'm not trying to... Yeah, and it's like, whoa, hang on a second. Whatever happened to saying, excuse me, I have a dissenting opinion. I don't want anyone dead. I don't want anyone thrown in jail. I don't want anybody killed. I don't hate anybody. I just have a different opinion about this based on some, I think, well-reasoned logic. Yeah. So for example, I remember we had a guy in our church whose daughter was studying a condition where people actually thought that certain parts of their body didn't belong on their body. Like if you have an arm and you're like, I, this, I shouldn't have an arm. For some reason, there's something in their brain that tells them that they have an extra part of their body that, that shouldn't be there. And so there's been people who have had parts of their body amputated because they're like, I can't, you know, it'd be like having a suitcase stuck, you know, stitched to your back or something. It's like, this doesn't belong here. Get rid of this. And when they do, the people actually feel better about it. Well, what happened is they've diagnosed this as a, as a problem, as a condition, as a, as a, 
not, not a disease, but some kind of mental, there's something wrong here. Instead of going, no, that's, that's actually. Instead of going, you know what? You don't think you should have an arm? Cut that thing off. You don't think you should have a leg? Cut that thing off. Let's, let's have right, let's pay for you to do this. No, we're trying to work with them and figure out what's going wrong. And what do we base that on? The fact that we can, from looking at nature, be able to reason that having two arms is, the, is a very advantageous way to get through and interact with the natural world. Right. To lose one is going to put you at a fundamental disadvantage regardless of how you feel about that. So what we've done with the transgender issues, we've said, well, you know, a guy says, well, we showed the video, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a man, but I want to become a woman. Rather than saying, well, time out, that, that, that's a problem. Like you're going, to, you're going down a road that violates what we can observe about nature. Right. Now, um, but instead of doing that, we say, oh, that's great. We celebrate it. And kids as young as six, seven years old. Yeah, there's some interesting things going on now with it's parents terrible. going, well, my kid feels this way. So I'm just, instead of telling them what's real, we'll just we'll let them make the choice and they'll, they'll dictate whether they're male or female, not nature, not what we can see, but how they feel or how they, and it's starting really early now. The age is dropping. We, we live in a, a culture that's getting rid of what's real exactly yep. getting rid of what's real is and you hit on it now are there circumstances where there are people who do have you know i'm a man in a woman's body um you know and they're there and it's diagnosable kind of thing of course that there are but mm -hmm. i i my suspicion i haven't looked at all the research but my suspicion is that is such a small number compared to the amount of atten right. attention and energy we're giving this issue. And what's happening is we're causing a lot of people who, especially young people, 12, 13, 14, who are confused anyway about themselves to go, you know, I'm confused. Maybe this is my problem and I'm just going to go with it or I'm just going to experiment with this or I'm going to try it. Again, like the guy in the video who said, hey, I never had a thing for men. Right. I was just so tired of being a man with women that I thought it'd be fun to be a woman with women. No, How many people like that? Are, are there going, are there going yeah. to be out there because we say we can just do that? Now, real quick, we showed a video last Sunday. Yeah. The video is from Triple X Church. TripleXChurch.com. And uh, it was of this, this man who had undergone the surgery, basically had everything cut off, mm -hmm. different parts put in, and tried to live as a woman and realized that he was basically, he called himself, I was, I was a poser. Yeah, and I knew it. Was, was and he, he, he lived in yeah. this insecurity, and it almost made him feel more sick, and, and all of a sudden, he, yeah. he almost kind of said, "You know, I wish people would have spoke up." Right. It, See, and it, where's the compassion? And that's the thing. When you say, "Hey, maybe, maybe this kind of, maybe we need to think about this before we go rushing in to celebrating people changing their fundamental nature, going right. against nature," maybe we should, maybe before we do this. We should figure, instead of that, we're rushing headlong. And if you say that, all of a sudden, you're not compassionate, you don't care, you're not, um, you're mean, you're hateful and everything else, just to say, wait a second, we have to stop here yeah. for a second. Yeah, there's, um, there's a phrase that I heard broken down, because a lot of times, we use it a lot, you know, you speak the truth in love. Yeah. And a lot of times we think that means you, you hold your punches. Right. And that's not really how Jesus defined love. Jesus defined love that you put your needs in front of the other. Right. So in this case, you know, you have somebody, you need to speak the truth in love. It means you need to put your need in to feel accepted, to, to be safe and comfortable aside for their need to hear 
what's what's true and what's beneficial for them. Well, exactly. So, for example, when I was doing research on this issue, and I did research the issue a lot, and when I was looking at terms, because we talked about language, the importance of language. Yeah. Because if you can control the language, you can control the thought. If you can control the thought, you influence the behavior, and then you get what you want. So it's not any surprise that this issue is being battled so much on the language front. Well, these are the things you're not allowed to say. And on college campuses, more and more, you will be shut down if you do not say what they want you to say. Right. Um, so free speech on college campuses is going away. I mean, that's, you can sit there and say it's an overstatement. It's, it's not. Yeah, it's free not speech an is... Over statement is shrinking it's not a university anymore university's idea of there's unity and diversity they don't have diversity they don't want diversity so here's the thing when we talked about um specifically uh, cal berkeley's gender studies department or whatever it was yeah you opened up the message with that with terms that all these terms Uh and the only term that they had um well they had one term that represented like you and me and that is the word cisgender now if you if you read enough (laughs) stories that that is almost i've seen it being used almost sarcastically well you're just a cisgender white male kind of a thing sounds like a dr seuss word it it does it it, it is it's it's like it's an invention (laughs) but the word cisgender i hope i'm pronouncing it right but i it's cisgender means and what the way they define it which was so interesting they said this is the person who by nature conforms to society's expectations of them. Right. Now, the way I read that is it's you, you look at your nature and you say, hey, by nature, I'm a man. So therefore, I will act like a man. Glad you checked. I, yeah. I just wanted to make... <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but that was the only definition that they had that incorporated that word nature into it as being a factor for why you are, why you identify sexually the way that you do. Right. Everything else then, by definition, would be something that has to... To, to do an end run around nature, has to violate nature, has to challenge nature, has to ignore nature. And you brought up, um, what the, it was, I, I think, well, we've talked about this before, but if you are, are ignoring nature um, in regards to your sexuality, you say, well, even though nature says by observation that I'm a man, yeah. I'm not really a man because I don't feel like one, why then can I not say nature says that I'm 42, yeah. but I don't feel 42, I'm six, and therefore I'm a, I, I should be able to play with other six-year-olds. And I think that's going to be, that's the next Rubicon because there's no logical reason now for you, you can't use nature as evidence for who you are anymore. And see, yeah. again, nobody stopped to say, do should we think about second and third order consequences no one's doing that right now no one's saying you know if we do this these things will happen all they say is you know what the individual matters more than anything else and whatever we do with that person um then everybody else has to deal with it and we're not thinking through second third order consequences yeah i i think that's that's all very legitimate nature defines you know basically your whole point was you are who god made you Right. That's where we kind of landed the whole series. God made you to be something. So there's a lot of good stuff there. Mm-hmm. You can check out that video on Triple X Church. Um, it is yeah, kind you can of, find it on YouTube yeah, as well. Yeah, and I want to give them credit because they did a great job with that, and it, uh, they have been such a great resource to us in terms of helping people um, deal with this issue. Yeah, accountability. There's all kinds of cool stuff on that website, so you'll want to check it out. Uh, we're also we're headed into a new series this week. It's called Open Mic. And what, what is that series going to be about? This is a series on the Psalms. So each week we're going to hit a different Psalm. Psalms are basically songs. They're basically, it's poetry. 
So this is kind of our, you know, artistic, poetic kind of that, series. That's your wheelhouse. Well, you know, I'm, I've been known. I'm a poet, and I don't even think so. Um, and, uh, it's yeah, it's a stupid, sorry, yeah. it's a stupid joke. But it's going to be a great series because we're going to get into the fact that can I really express myself to God? Can I, and, and does, does God care? Do I have to approach God with all this formality? And you see in the Psalms that yeah. you know, here it is, poetry, it's, it's put to music, um, and, and yet it's David mostly um, who writes them, just pouring out his heart to God. And I think it's really important that we get into that stuff. Yeah, I think that's, you nailed it right there. I remember a while back ago, I was, I was at the hospital with a family. Mm-hmm. It's a mom whose son was in a car accident. And she was just like, you know, I think I'm okay now. I was angry at God, but I think I'm okay now. I'm like, no, God can handle mm. your anger. Mm-hmm. He can handle you being upset. That's okay to do. And you read the psalm, and that's what I said. And, you know, you look at the psalms. David didn't pull back his punches at, at God. You know, he was, he was almost fighting with him at certain points. You know, why are you doing this? Why is it like this? And uh, most of the psalms, a, a good chunk of them are laments, where he's, yeah. he's crying out to God, not necessarily. There's a lot of praise in there. There's all that, that stuff that we like to sing about and talk about. But there is also a lot of, you know, things are messed up right now god and, and i don't okay. know yeah it's okay to be in that place where as opposed to saying well god you know obviously you've you've left me and i therefore i won't talk to you no it's like i feel like you've left me and that's why so many of the psalms you know it starts off terrible and then it kind of comes back comes around back. at the end where he says you know look i i've had this chance to just kind of emotionally and here's a guy like david who was who was strong who was um you know obviously a military leader uh conqueror um, who was a, a manly dude, and yet he felt like he had, he needed to be able to get before God, and, and that's where he drew so much of his strength from. So I think it's what, that's, we're excited about that series. It's going to be good for, especially people who, who, um, cause I'm going to talk even about my own stuff. I've been going through some stuff over the last month or so, yeah. just like, 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 where is this coming from? You know what I mean? And how do I, how do I process these emotions? And, you know, I, yeah, I want to be a man of great faith, but what happens when you struggle with, you know, just stuff that you're feeling and, and whatever. So, I mean, we, we often think that we have to, that, well, you know, unless you're, unless you're, um, you know, always good all the time and emotionally here or here or whatever, mm-hmm. a high place that, you know, your faith must be strong. It's possible to be strong in faith and yet broken, um, you know, emotionally and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think that's, people need to hear that. People need to know that and be, uh, learn to be okay with that because otherwise you're just going to be trying to keep it here and you're going to be really broken on the inside and God wants you authentically. He wants your heart and he wants all those things. Um, I'm really excited about this series. I know, um, you're, you're kicking off this week. I know, uh, we're going to hear from some, some of the pastors on their favorite Psalms. It's going to be really cool. I've I've got some, some songs that we're going to sing. And I put out a challenge as we're starting this series to our worship team, the band, the vocalists, the, the tech people, everybody, you know, for the next 30 days, they're going to try to read five psalms a day to get through all 150. And uh, cool. it's going to be, be fun. fun. So yeah. if you want to take up the challenge, you could do it as well. Yeah, so it's be good. good. Love it. Now, you also wanted, we wanted to talk about some current events. Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of like big news things happening over the last week and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which was this whole European Union thing. Yeah. And what what does that mean for us? You know, should we should we pull out revelations and start interpreting and trying to figure out, you know, is this the signs, the, the end is near. Yeah. I wanted to talk about that because, um, when this whole thing happened, 
you know, you have basically what it is is the Brexit, what they call it, where the the um, Britain has has voted by a very small margin to leave the European Union, and and nobody really knows how that's gonna what's gonna become of that. Some people think it's like you know it's a big disaster. Other people think it's gonna be great. Some people think maybe nothing's gonna happen or whatever. That's my. I think nothing's that's, gonna that's probably what. But here, but yeah. here's the interesting thing about it, and here's the part that um, is not political, but I haven't heard anybody say this, and it was it's more personal, and it, but it's very telling. When I was growing up, I grew up in church, and I remember being told as a young kid that hey, the end is coming, Jesus is coming soon. The I said, euro. great. Yeah. yeah. How do we know? How do we know? Well, we yeah, right. The euro. We know because in Revelation it talks about how, you know, there will be this Antichrist who's going to come from basically Rome. And, you know, what is Rome? And is it the actual city of Rome? And so they would say, I mean, I've been to these, you know, camps and they would talk about it at camp. And then we'd talk about it in our cabins and then people would read books. And you had, because back in the day, it was cassette tapes were these cool plastic things that had the two little Frank holes. Peretti out. And yeah. yeah. And so basically what it was was like this whole thing of the, you know, Europe has come together post-World War II and said we never want to kill each other again like we did so let's come together and we'll trade together and it started with you know it, it kind of like they put their toes in the water and then more and more they got intertwined and of course they had the common currency which britain i guess never had but the other countries did and they did it to compete with america uh, largely yeah largely. because they wanted to be able to have something that could we rival. have a huge yeah. land with states that can trade and we have a bigger economy they're like we have little tiny economies. We need a bigger economy. Yeah, and, like and, and they wanted to have some kind of reason basically to not kill each other again either because it's like, you know, they have all these geographical, you know, the borders touching and everything else. And there's traditionally throughout history, it's been very rare that they don't fight each other. So here's the thing. So everybody thought at the time, well, gosh, this has never happened before. Europe's never come together like this before. This has to be the start of the end. And all I'm trying to make the point of is a lot of time and energy and money and thought has been spent on being convinced about, about the European Union being the sign of the end. And of course, you coincide that with other interesting things like, for example, Y2K, here comes the year 2000, of course, Israel becoming a nation, and, and in 1948. And so you have all of these things these things that make that lead people to believe that we are in the last days. Now I have no problem with that. The, except this. Now what's happening? If you were my my age when I first heard this stuff today, what's happening in your world today? You're seeing the EU break apart slowly. Now it could go the other way, and there could be some people that want to actually, out of response for this, tighten things down even more. But it's looking like there are less and less reasons for them to be able to to want to hang together. There's a rise in nationalism. Right. The point is it's going the other way. So I'm not trying to say, you know, that all of those guys were idiots that, 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 that taught us this back in the day. But I, my concern is this, that we spend so much time trying to interpret these times and fit them in to yeah. what the Bible says that we actually miss... What it is that Jesus wants us to do, yes, do I believe we're in the last days? Yes, but what does the last days mean? Because Paul believed he was in the last days, okay? Yeah. My grandfather believed he was in the last days. People thought that Hitler was the Antichrist. By the way, oh, and let me just say this. Too. Yeah, I would have probably thought that too if I was living Why there. would you not? And by <laughs> yeah. the way, if you're, if you're, a, if you're a, an Iraqi Christian, if the stuff going on in Iraq today were happening here, we would be without a doubt convinced that it was the tribulation. Yeah. But we're over here swimming in our pools and, you know, worried about paying our, our pre yeah, trib or post trip. And these guys are over here going, I don't care, but I'm going to get killed. Yeah. 
So again, it's, it's this whole perspective of, of we tend to kind of take everything and put it into our own lens. Yeah. Now, are there smart guys out there? Yeah. And, but, but the thing is, these guys are oftentimes wrong because they, here, there's nothing, this is the thing I, that I want to say. There's nothing wrong with, with learning about the world and having, wanting to have great observations about what's happening in the world and, and even some degree of speculation. But the problem is when, there's, when these speculations are given as though they're conclusions. Yeah. And then what happens is you spend an inordinate amount of time talking a little bit crazy. You're talking kind of crazy. And then what's happening is what, what Jesus really wants you to do isn't happening. And what is Jesus? See, the best prophetic verse in the world comes out of Matthew 24. I can't remember the exact verse, but it's the chapter 24 where Jesus says, and the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout all the nations, and then the end will come. I think too. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's, so I know, you, people say, well, do you know when Jesus is going to come back? I absolutely, I can tell you for certain, without a doubt, when Jesus is coming back. Well, when is that? When the gospel of the kingdom has been proclaimed to all the nations. I think, um, yeah, I think that's, that's what it says there. So if you want to make so, that yeah. happen, rather than sitting in your basement, up, you know, get on the internet and trying to figure out and connect the dots and you know, connect it to Ezekiel Ghost. 38 and whatever else, try to figure out a way to make that happen, and then Jesus will come back. Well, I was, you know, yesterday we're teaching VBS, we're teaching the, the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. And I just think of the, you know, that's like Jesus' big discourse on, on what we should be doing. Yeah. What does he tell us there? Tells us to love our neighbors. Hey, I can interpret that pretty well. Tells us to love our enemies. Well, that's pretty clear. He tells us to not worry. I mean, those are the things we should be doing. Right. Right. Not so. Right. If your life is consumed with trying to determine signs and things like that, I th- I think you may have missed the the ship of where you should be going, the direction, and it, we're called to be salt and light. So that's not necessarily like this, this, this grand mission of, that you need to prep for in that way. You need to pr- prep for it in this way, checking your heart, doing the things that you can interpret really clearly. I mean, I'm, I'm not... Yeah. Uh, Revelations is a difficult, you know, it's apocalyptic literature. It's very hard to figure out what's metaphorical, what's literal. Same thing with Daniel. Uh, I'm not saying we shouldn't read it. I'm saying we should read them. We should yes. grapple with, wrestle with them. It's yeah. very important to do. But what about the parts I do know? Am I doing those accurately? You know, what what right. What Jesus has said that is very abundantly clear, you know, don't lust, don't hate your brother. Don't you know like I I, I think I understand those. I, yeah, and you have a great point because Jesus says do not worry about tomorrow. And yet so often when people look at the world and they see what's happening with ISIS, there was this terrible tragedy. This and that's not a tragedy, it's a it's an attack. It's like a it's no I mean to me a tragedy is like when, you know, um, a building falls on somebody or whatever, or, a, or there's a landslide or a mudslide. This was an attack on all these people, you know, that in the airport in, in uh, Turkey. People see this kind of stuff, and they, they sense the world's getting worse. But the, the thing is, people have always felt the world is getting worse. I, I mean, unless yeah. maybe like shortly after a, like a post-war period where you go, okay, well, we're not killing each other anymore. <laughs> But I, I guess, honestly, Upgrade. Gabe, I mean, I've been... Low, but somewhere I've, else that's happening. Yeah, yeah, I've been on this earth over 40 years, and ever since I can remember, the narrative I've heard is, America's going down, the world's getting worse, Jesus is coming soon, you know, get ready. I've never actually heard the narrative be, hey, you know what? 
we could have another 300 years. Yeah. The, the, this could be the best. This could be the best run that human existence has ever had. Um, yeah, sure. There's these problems, but you know, com- would you, let me ask you this. Is there another time you'd rather live? And people say, well, the fifties, you really want to live in the fifties. No. How about this? <laughs> you want to be African-American in the South in the fifties? I don't think so. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, so pick, pick another time that you'd rather live than now. In fact, they even did a Twilight Zone episode on this where like two guys switched places and then after the, at the end of the episode, they both realized they didn't like where they were because they both hated where they were at first and they kind of got their wish. One guy went forward in time, one guy went back. And then afterwards, he's like, you know, this is, you know, I, take me back to where I was yeah. because they realized we idealize this. And then um, I think Ecclesiastes talks about this. Don't be something I can't, again, I'm paraphrasing it, but it says, don't go around saying, you know, that, uh, you know, these, these are the worst times you've ever had because it's, it's not wise to, to, to speculate yeah. in those kind of things. So, so really, I think what we have to do is, should we study end times? Yes. And are these, are these, but what's the main point of the end times that no matter how bad it gets here, we win in the end. Jesus Meaning wins. Jesus yeah. wins. There is justice. There is hope. There is there, there is that final. So if you never get revenge on that guy, which you shouldn't get revenge on him anyway, but God is going to have his vengeance. God is going to, and thank God he doesn't have vengeance on us because we've been covered by the blood of Jesus, meaning all of us deserve to have our, our punishment, but Jesus has taken those um, punishments uh, for those who, who have believed in him because they see that they, you know, that's a bad idea for them to pay it for themselves, and they're grateful to a God who gives them that option. But what I'm telling you is nothing wrong with looking ahead to the future and, and being someone like the men of Issachar who understood the times. Understand the times, but don't let that drive you into isolation and don't let it turn you into a whack job, right? Yeah. Don't I, let it turn you into a creep and a, and a jerk and somebody that's, that's, just, that's so argumentative or, or then somebody who's so afraid all the time. And forwarding emails of all that. Just don't do that kind of stuff. Just be a normal person living in the world. You can't control these things anyway. See, a lot of people should be asking themselves, when you're, when you're sitting there getting involved with some conspiracy or some kind of like, you know, trying to piece everything together, you need to stop and ask yourself a question. Is there something I should be doing right now? Yeah. Like, there's probably trash I should take out. There's a car I should wash. There's a dog I should feed. There's a book I should read. There's, a, there's homework I should work on. There's something, there's a, there's a date I should take my wife on. There's something that you can do that's probably a better use of your time at that point than freaking out about the way you think the world is going to go. Because I promise you, you're wrong because everybody else has been wrong up to this point. Well, I think too, we got to understand too, when we talk about the last days and we see that in the Bible, they weren't just idiots that, that were like, oh, we think it's now and, and it wasn't. For the Hebrew mind, all of time was broken up into three phases. There was before the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord, and the last days. And that's basically it, mm-hmm. you know. So when they use that phrase, mm-hmm. it's not that's necessarily good. like they're thinking, oh, you know, the end, the end is near necessarily in those terminologies that we interpret later in the mm-hmm. 1900s and later because we didn't always even interpret it that way. So there, there, it, it's not like, like Paul didn't know what he was saying or that, uh, you know, John's writing these things and yeah. they knew what they were saying. They're just saying this, this is the phase of history and we're, we're past the day, you know, Jesus has come, he's ascended. Now we're waiting for his return. And that's all one phase of history. We don't know how long that phase of history is. Right, right. 
but it, but but it is a phase. It's it's a certain time, and they thought they were they 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 knew they were in the, they are in the end times in a sense, like you said, yeah. the last days. Just you just don't know when exactly it's going to happen. I do think it could be like you said. It could be a thousand years from now. It could be yeah. Another, could, and and by his by the way, it could same be tomorrow. thing. Yeah, the same thing with the EU. Like we talked about. Okay, Europe's coming together, and then you know there was. And I remember hearing all this. You know these subtopics about well, then this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And everybody had it figured out. Well, now it's swinging the other way where there's this return to nationalism and everything else. Well, we see this even in our culture. And I do think we have to be careful because we, you know, you and I love Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer knew at least a decade before um, that, that something was coming in Germany. Yeah, well, a lot of people did. There. A lot of people did. And Bonhoeffer yeah. saw it and he was concerned about it. And I do think that there are things happening now. We talked about kind of the curbing of freedom of speech yeah. um, that you see and and the I, I think I do think that the, the, the decisions that the, some some of the decisions made in federal government at the federal government level are disturbing and um, are problematic. Um, however, you know how far is it going to go, and then is it going to swing back? Are people going to go? Whoa, time out! We're not going to do this. Yeah. You know, even abortion, the abortion issue. What the, the studies that I've read are a lot of younger millennials. Um, you know, they're all, they may all be for same sex, you know, um, marriage and that kind of thing and, and rights in terms of that sort of thing, but they're not really into abortion. They're like, that's kind of like, that's kind of, you know, destructive, it's destructive. Yeah. It's a little destructive. Yeah. So now you have all these pro choicers from the seventies who are kind of quite frankly getting old and, um, just kind of older and bitter and, and, you know, and let it, let me abort my baby and, and camp it on that. And the younger people are going, that's nah, not really our issue. And so it's actually swinging back yeah. a little bit. Um, so I, I, I would expect that, that some of these things may come back around just as society ebbs and flows, but it still means that we have to be people who are willing to just say what's true and not be worried about the, the, uh, the hacks or the trolls that come along and scream and yell in our faces and tell us that we can't say something, that we don't have the right to speak. I think, too, like when you talk about in times and reading the signs and looking at where we're going, those are all things that, that could not necessarily be in times. They could be, they, yeah. you know. When I read the Bible, the point of the story isn't to drive fear. And when I grew up in the church, when we talk about Revelation, it was almost like telling ghost stories. You know, the, I remember being in the, you know, mm -hmm. in the, like you said, in the cabin or wherever you're in the room and the parents are in the other room and you're talking about, well, I heard there's going to be this kind of beast. And this, it's almost like you're, it's all this fear driven stuff. As I read it as an adult, the point of the story isn't to bring fear. It's actually to bring hope. Right. And yeah. if, if you're yeah. thinking of the end times as scary, you, you might have missed the, the big point of it. The big point of it is, like we said, God wins. And there is the, the more of a dire situation you yourself are in, the more comforting it does become. You know what I'm saying? We haven't really experienced that as a nation, at least since we've been, yeah. since, I mean, since I've been alive, since you've been alive, um, to the degree that they did in the New Testament. So these writings would be very comforting. But when I was in Egypt a few years ago, I mean, they are absolutely convinced. The Christians in Egypt at the time were absolutely convinced that Ezekiel 19 pertained to them right now, and it was basically God um, basically reclaiming yeah. Egypt for himself. And by the way, they may be right. They believe that that time for them is now because of what happened with the overthrow of the government. might actually be more accurate for them, too, absolutely because of it might be. geographically where they're at. Because it's know, the real Egypt. Yeah, we. I think, too, that was the other thing that hit me as I'm reading it as an adult, you know, um, is we, we tend to read our culture, our context, our everything. And I, I hate to break it to us. We're not the main characters in, in history, according to the Bible. Anyways, yeah. America is not, 
we're, we're not mentioned anywhere or hinted at, <laughs> you know, any, yeah. anywhere in that. I'm not saying we're, we're not important or anything, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, we, we, we tend just to, don't know where we fit in the biblical prophecy. I think we right. have a very important pl- role to play in the world. I think, sure. I think we're right Obviously, now, we're, we're a in superpower. The, yeah. yeah. And, and, but we're in this phase right now of, of like self-loathing and, oh, we suck because we've done this and done that. And I think every, every big power eventually tends to, starts to feel guilty about their success and feels guilty about their, and starts accusing themselves of things that anybody would probably end up doing in one way or another had they been in the position. But, um, so we're, we're in that phase. We need to get out of that phase. Cause I think it's, I think it's damaging, um, to, to us as, as a nation. I think we are a great nation. Um, I think we are amazing, but anyway, um, we, uh, yeah. So, but I think, I think you're right. So the whole point is when we see these world events, it's, it, it is, it, people say, well, uh, it's like, uh, something about living in interesting times. You know, we live in interesting times. Well, I, I don't know. We've always lived in interesting yeah. times. I the can't, people who lived in their times thought it was pretty interesting too. Yeah. I mean, there may be some people that thought, you know, this is just flat out boring. There's nothing going on in my life. You know, maybe there's some people, but all I know is since I've been alive, um, that there, you know, I was, I remember growing up in the, there was the cold war and we thought, you know, Russia was going to nuke us. And then there's the AIDS epidemic. And that was going to, I was told in school that was going to wipe us all out it's and kill plague. us. Yeah. And then of course there was Y2K that came on the heels and Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy was, you know, cause he's, you know, if you were in certain circles, he was, oh, he was bad news, you know, well, I remember was, my father was, was interviewed on the radio in 1992, when Bill Clinton got elected on this Christian radio station, and they're like, oh, you know, this is terrible, because the radio station was obviously very Republican and, and everything else, and then just like, what do you think? And my dad's a Republican. My dad's a conservative guy, and, and, uh, but, but he's like, look, I don't think the sky's falling. He says, you know, we might actually have four really good years. And, yeah, he right. <laughs> and he was basically right because it's more than just that. And see, that's the thing. People try to get other people all freaked out about stuff and then get them off their mission and off their purpose. Well, and then there's your salt and light. You know, if you're yeah. using the scripture to get people riled up and freaked out, you're not really being salt and light. Right. Your, our goal is to bring hope, to bring grace, to be agents of grace, uh, to show people how good God is. And yep. if, if you're di- distracting from that or maybe it's forcing you to hide in a hole, then you're probably not interpreting it correctly. Exactly. Well, this is cool. Yeah, so I think we're out of time here. We got VBS here. coming up, starting pretty soon around here. That's going to be yeah. fun. I already, already heard the walls shaking. Yeah, they're shaking. Uh, kids are going to be here within the half hour. It's going to be awesome. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So, And then they've got their big outdoor celebration tomorrow mm-hmm. in the heat. It should be a lot of fun. Like I said, it's, it takes a gift. It takes a gift to be a VBS. So you VBS workers, you guys are the stuff, man. I love you guys. Yeah, big kudos to our team. Um, They're awesome. We have an amazing church with amazing people in it. GLS, there's, we're going we're to billboard. Yep. Billboard's coming up, um, I think, July 1st, up on the freeway. And who's going to be on that billboard? I tried to tell them. I said, you guys are not going to get more signups if you put me on the billboard. But apparently that's like, they're like, well, so many other churches throughout the nation have put their pastor on the billboard. I don't like it. You know, I mean, it's like you put lipstick on the pig, it's still a pig. I, whatever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You do everything you can. If they think my face is going to help it. But so you, if you see my mug up there, just know it wasn't me going, I want my face on the billboard. It was like, it was like I got outnumbered. I really did. Yeah. Well, we tried to put Dave on there. We but- did. I would have him flexing, but the market research came back, and uh, there's not a market out there for the big guy. Uh, No, and he would know what that means. It would be a nice, wonderful, um, you know, very heartwarming joke. To to Dave. In any case. 
So, yeah, we're real excited about GLS. Now, uh, for Compass people, we still got that discount yep, up until July 12th. Still have time. I, I mean, you got to do it. You need to. Signups are starting to come in. This is start. We're getting traction on this thing. It's exciting. But you've got to get that, that uh, sign up in quick. So Yeah. Lots of incredible leadership stuff. I, th- I was even running a mm-hmm. meeting this morning. And I was stealing stuff from yep. Lynchiani, from all these guys that we, we've heard. Mm-hmm. You know, Collins, good to great. Yep. Um, lots of great stuff in there and it's going to expand uh, your capacity and your your mind and all that that stuff and your leadership capacity as well just going to make you better so you got to do it all right well this has been the green room podcast you can subscribe you can watch us live when we do the next one in two weeks and if you're still watching thank you sorry about the bad audio we're gonna get that fixed um and yeah yeah that's what's it. that noise that's this that's it all right bye-bye